Well, good morning. I'm Tamara McDaniel, and this is Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens. Join us if you can. We're here at the store at 3000 West Springfield in Champaign at the corner of Springfield and Duncan. You can also phone in with your questions or comments at 217-356-9397 or text us at 217-351-5357. Now we have uh, two of our experts who will be approaching soon. John Weisgarver, I can see, rolling in with a cart full of plants. We have Marianne Metz right here yeah, with me. I'm here. What's with that? Yeah, and it's Ladies' Day. I was saving you for last, like the grand finale. Okay, okay. And, <laughs> let, and here for me now Whoa. is Marianne Metz. And Steve Brown's around here somewhere, too. Yes, but John's pulling up with a, a cart full of beautiful Stuff. flowers. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Good morning, John. <laughs> Good morning. Here we go. All right, try it again. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry I was late. <laughs> no, that's all right, because you told that's, me right that, before the show started that he was going to. That means a detention, doesn't it? When you're late. A detention? A detention? Yeah. Yeah, probably. I, You'll get oh, not that I ever had a detention for any <laughs> oh, reason. No. I just remembered because that was maybe one of no. Okay. You, you were teacher's pet, I'm no. sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you, I'm sure, were teacher's pet. Oh, yeah, honey. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I was. Look, look a skepticism on it. his face. Well, give him a second to pick up his microphone, put oh, no. his headphones on. Start slamming him right now. No, all right, here so we what's go. that double scoop yellow one there? Good morning, Steve Brown. Is that fabulous? Phenomenal. Echinacea. We're, we're talking uh, coneflowers here. Yeah. Just got some color in yesterday. It looks fabulous. Yes. That That's just oh, craziness. Which, which variety is that one? The bright uh, yellow. Mama, Caramia. Caramia. Mama Mia Caramia. Caramia. Yeah. Isn't that just so cool? Yeah, it's got a huge, I mean, you can Google search an Echinacea caramia, but it's just a huge double yellow flower head with this pendulous um, petals below. Just unbelievable. You could write catalog copy. Listen to you. Yeah, right. Can't spell. It's like a big (laughs) cotton ball in the middle with petals around it. Yeah. Oh, nice! Except that it's yellow gold. That's really—it's yeah. really pretty. Almost Ooh. a dandelion on steroids. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> that actually that pretty much explains it. That was a good. But there's lots of other colors and it's too. That beautiful bright yellow of a dandelion. Yeah, it really is. It's not quite 65 mile an hour, but it's close. Yes, it's maybe close. 60 mile an hour. Yes, yellow. Yeah, but look at this one. Isn't that gorgeous? Oh my gosh! It's like a deep red orange. I can't read it. Or orange red. It's more red than orange. Let's put it that way. It's but then you have some that has more pink it's in it. It's red ombre. Yes. But that's why all the, the petal or all the different uh, flowers are a little bit different shade. It's when it first opens, it's almost a yellowy orange. Yes. And then it turns to a little bit of a, just a nice soft orange. And then it turns almost into a burgundy orange. Really nice colors. And then in, all, on, all in blue at one time. Yeah. Yeah. Really that cool. That is beautiful. And I don't know about your experience, but I, I found these colored echinacea to be basically as winter hardy as the as oh, the purple yeah. traditional ones. So I've not had any problems with overwintering whatsoever. I, I had some customers yesterday tell me yesterday tell me that they purchased some of these uh, last year and they have filled out into the beds so phenomenally. Just they said they were just beautiful beds, huge mm. clumps of, of flowering. 
uh, That's great. cornflour. Yeah. Now these are already what would you say like um, 15, foot and a inches. half? Yeah. 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 Tall and just full of of color and buds to come on yet. Yes. But then, how tall should I expect them to grow? Not a lot taller than they are. No, not really. really. It depends okay. on the variety and the growing conditions. Yeah, just mm-hmm. maybe about 24 inches, maybe 20, yeah. 24. So, some varieties get up to three feet, but that's a rare guy. I think most yeah. of them are going to stay in that 18 to 24 range. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I love this 16 to 28. Yeah. Could you imagine being out there measuring? <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, I can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Been I there, to, done that? I want it to be on the short end or I want it to be on the tall end. Well, no guarantees Thank on you. that one. Train it. <laughs> what mean, do you think this one's called? Soft orange. Okay, wait. Uh, We've really had French one, with caramilla. We've had Spanish with, what is it, red, red ombre? Yeah. Okay. So German? German orange. German tangerine. I don't know. What is yeah. it called? Soft. <laughs> soft, soft orange. Shut the front door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have well, all the names my brain. can't be catchy. That is a, a soft orange. Though. I like soft pretty orange. Pretty. I think that's yeah, pretty. It's pretty, pretty nice. Nifty. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking uh, it works for the Illini orange. If uh, if anybody is getting into the decorating, getting excited about the coming football season and the start of school, and I accidentally put together uh, a bed of Illini annuals. Accidentally? It, yeah, I wasn't even thinking about it, but it turned out to be a, an orange celosia, which is just doing beautifully. So, you know, I have a half a dozen of those. And then I had I got some of the eucalyptus, which is a, a nice silvery blue mm-hmm. and you know, for, for a little bit of height and texture change. Okay. So, and the two are mixed together. Sounds like beautiful. Orange and blue. And that texture of that uke is just oh, unbelievable. Absolutely stunning. Are you going to cut? cut it at all? Oh, and bring yeah, it that was the whole point, to have some fresh at the end of the season to cut yeah. and take in. Nice. Pretty cool. And what are some tips when you are doing um, cut flowers? Is it better to do it in a certain time of day? Yes. Do you need to immediately put it in water or just wrap it in a paper towel? Is it better? She's got it. Kay missed her wholesale florist background. She's got it. (laughs) So in the early morning, they have their most hydration. Okay. Does that make sense? They're, They're filled before the sun comes out. Cut at an angle, and then immediately, as fast as you can, get them in the water. Okay. Tepid water, not cold, not hot. Oh, okay. And then do it again when you get inside? Yep. Okay. And then do you add anything? I know you can buy flower food, but is there anything in the kitchen flower already? Flower food. I love it. Yeah, well, you know, little powdery stuff that you get with cut flowers from the florist, anyway. You can. Uh, the best... The best solution is to put a little drop of chlorine bleach in the water. Really? Helps keep bacteria down. And every two or three days, go in, change the water, and recut the stems. Oh, okay. And that's probably what I uh, just don't do. Because have you ever noticed all of a sudden it starts to get real murky? Gunky. Yeah, Yeah. icky. And soft at the end of the stem. Yeah, and make sure that there's uh, only stems of the flower and no foliage because that will start to deteriorate. Okay. Really quickly. Okay. And when you're talking about a drop of bleach, you're talking tiny, li- li- literally a drop, right? Tiny. Yeah. Okay. Not, not tiny, a spoonful. Tiny. No. Like a barely an eyedropper. Gotcha. Drop. Boom. Okay. Like that. Just to that clean the water, not to kill the flowers. 
Yep. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Although, I don't know in the city water, there may be enough in it already. <laughs> That's be. an excellent point. That is a good know. point. But, okay. Good enough. Well, thank you, Mr. Weisgarver, for those tips. 356-9397 is our phone number, or you can text us at 351 oh, 356-9397, because that's WDWS. 351-5357 is our text line. This See, I, I already experts. forgot. So, okay. Yeah. But, but look at this. Look at how John's put this selection together. Look at the colors here. So I brought a couple Beautiful. extra things. Restorations. Because, you know, with our perennials, they only bloom at a certain time. Mm-hmm. So I always like to mix annuals along with our perennials. Nice. So you get continuous color. You definitely had a theme going on today, didn't you? I did. So you've got some foliage with a croton there that picks up some of the same colors as the lantana you chose. Yep. Ornamental pepper. All wow. the echinacea. Lantana. So it looks like my backyard, this actually. Is so These cool. are my colors. Uh, the canna. This one's called Pretoria, which has the variegated leaves. Yellow and green striped with a little pink edge. And that'll give you a lot of height, you know, so you would put that at the back of your border. Okay. Or in a container would be fabulous, too. And the foliage all by itself is awesome. Yes. yes. But it flowers. That's it also gets what I flower. was, as soon as you said it was a canna, I'm like, hmm? There's probably going to be a giant flower. Gorgeous. So You're absolutely right. The leaves alone yeah. Are worth it. But that's one thing we we always suggest to people. Think about the foliage, not just the flower. The foliage is very important in, in maintaining that interest all season long. Okay. Yeah. This is one of my go-tos for containers. I love the croton because it's got all those great colors, the reds and the yellows, uh, sometimes orange. Gosh, there's yes. some great crotons in the market right now. I like the ones that have the real skinny little leaves that look they're real strappy. and Mammy. Yeah. Yeah, Manny's one of them. There, there's several, but that's great. Just love it. Uh, they had a lot of interesting texture as well as color. But then these guys with the fat leaves add a whole different texture. So it's really cool. That is cool. The point is we have a lot of color right now. Mm-hmm. So if you're needing to add that punch of color back into your combo pot or into your flower beds, it's here. We got it. Yeah. So great. I was just uh, outside yesterday and looking at a couple of my combo pots. In you didn't get wet, did you? you? At home, yes. At home, yes. yes. I'm sorry, I was at home. What do you have in them? Uh, I, I broke away from my tradition this year. Mm-hmm. I have like three containers together, and normally I'll put one species in each container. And this year I did combinations. So it was... Are you happy with that? Is uh, it order, orderly enough for you? It's a little too messy for me. Yeah, so I was kind of thinking. I understand that. Yeah. So you like it, just everything uh, alike. So when together. I have uh, the purple angelonia, uh, the yellow gold lantana, and oh. some purple royal velvet petunias, and it's just getting a little out of hand for me. Whereas before, he got his textural difference by having adjacent pots that were, the pot was uniform, but it was, you had that textural thing because you interplayed from pot to pot. Yeah. And now you've got like a little party going on here and a little party going on there. Uh So color-wise, you're probably okay. It's just a little bit too. I call it rangy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a good description. 
I just like it a little cleaner. And then adjacent is uh, the variegated potato vine. Remember that new one that oh, we, yeah. that cool one that we got this year? Yep. And it's got that, um, the new petunia, uh, crazy, crazy, what is it? Uh, oh, the one where I couldn't remember the name I of it. I can't remember. Every time I look at it, I have to read the tag. Anyway, <laughs> it's purple with a chartreuse stripe in it. Yes. So that and oh, but that's pretty. Yeah. Some Mexican feather grass. Yeah, yeah. So, it's time for me to do a little pruning. There you go, and so people shouldn't be afraid to do that. Absolutely. Gosh, no. I mean, in in this the weather conditions we have now, and you're fertilizing and watering. Gosh, in ten days or two weeks, it's going to be like a whole new plant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I in fact, I think I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago that I pruned some of my petunias because they were getting a little leggy. But uh, man, they look they look brand new right now. Wow. So yeah. Great. Yeah, you shouldn't let them get too far along. Right. That's Yeah, don't let them get a foot long and then cut them back to three inches because that's not right. going to work. Right. Nice. So, Steve, what's going on in your garden? Well, uh, I haven't really right even now? looked at it in a week. So I'm going to uh, hopefully harvest some garlic <laughs> and uh, nice. maybe some potatoes. Oh, uh, nice. Uh, it looks like the foliage is dying down enough. Where on the potatoes, it's at least going to be an exploratory, sacrificial pull up a plant or two. Oh, so yeah. what? You've got new potatoes. Yeah, darn. Too bad. Yeah, which will be fine. <laughs> and, and it'll just be Yukon Golds. Uh, some of the fingerling guys are uh, not yellowed enough. Are the, these from seed? Uh, seed potatoes. So these would be okay. uh, the the. They look like just regular potatoes that right. we sell in the spring in March and April. And uh, and you put them in the ground when? Uh, in March and April. Okay. And uh, they went out fairly quickly. Yes, they and, did. And uh, got the ground, so they're, they're looking good. And the garlic has yellowed considerably in the last week. So I think it's time to go ahead and pop it up and Yay. start going through the process of letting it dry down. Yay. Nice. Yeah. And that you planted last fall. And, yeah, that went in the ground I don't remember if it was in probably the middle of October or so, early October, something yeah. like that. Yeah, so I think awesome. a little bit of harvest going on, maybe more cukes. The cukes are on, running wild right now. So, mm. uh, are they? Oh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> I brought in a pretty big bag yesterday and just put it on the counter back here. So hopefully we'll be having more of that, too. Yeah, they're loving this weather, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's just been crazy. And if you want to make pickles... Uh, a lot of cabbage that needs to be harvested still. Um, some of the savoy cabbage. Nice. Uh, I'd say there's probably a dozen heads of that that need to come in. So yep. there's Chinese yeah. coleslaw. Nice. Yeah. Yummy. Well, there you go. Yeah. John's got an order in for Chinese coleslaw. Ew. <laughs> Have you ever had that? No, I haven't. It's and just kind of a basic vinaigrette with, um, and then you crunch up, uh, you bake the ramen noodles and add some crunch wow. inside. Okay. What day simple. is this? Sounds delicious. What day? What day are you doing that? <laughs> yeah. What day are you going to bring it to the surfer? Yeah. Right? You can do it next week. Yeah. Maybe we'll just make you some sauerkraut for Mr. Vice oh, Bi- I love sauerkraut. I have big you, you too. Yeah. Okay. Here's some questions uh, regarding having a vegetable garden. First of all, like John, if you like things neat and tidy, it just seems like a vegetable garden would not be the way to go. My second question is then, as you try to make it kind of pretty, do you do any hardscaping in a vegetable garden? Well, I think a lot of it depends upon how much space you have. Absolutely. Okay. um, Good answer. 
and little things about having complete rows of things or having straight rows of things or blocks or groups can add to the orderliness if okay. that's important to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, maintenance, uh, making sure things are staked up, propped up, mm-hmm. not splaying out, filling into aisles. Um, there's all kinds of things in keeping weeds out. There's all kinds of things you can do to make it appear more orderly. Um, uh, not so much from a appearance standpoint, but more from a practical standpoint. Uh, the Yukon Gold Potatoes, I had to go ahead and put a very simple stake system around the outside of the box and then st- string between the stakes just to keep the foliage from flopping over okay. and, and blocking the aisles because the aisles are fairly narrow around those beds just because I don't want to waste space, walking space, because you want to have growing space. Mm-hmm. So there's all kinds of things, and sometimes you just have to say, you know, I need to spend couple hours out here or more and depend upon the size of it and making sure the mulch is down and the weeds are out and tying things up and cutting things back and yeah and just like it, it's really no different than a flower garden in no, terms of not. if something's bothering you you just have to go out and take care of it okay yeah so what i used to do with, with so to keep my orderliness or or consistency we had a area that was fenced and it was a rectangular lattice panel and then we had four squares inside of the fence and then with the tomatoes i would take the same lattice that's as the fence and make a tripod and that's where the tomatoes would be planted oh, nice. and then they got that tied sounds up. beautiful so it does. so that to me, made it orderly in my yes. brain. And, and you, could, you could reach in and harvest well enough? Yeah. Okay. And in a way, it's and w- some hard Well, and I was kind of on the sort of. bad side. I used to keep all the foliage on the outside of the trellises. I would prune as they grew, So, mm-hmm. which obviously... Makes you feel like you're in control, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is it best to have them growing on the but inside you still of had the to trellis tie, or on But the you outside? still had to tie them up, obviously, to the outside of it. Oh. So... Okay. So which meant I had three tomatoes, one on each side of the tripod. Right. Neat. That's a great idea. Sure. There you go. Yeah. So anyway, I had some help with that. Right. A garden assistant. And and sectioning it off in squares. I like that idea, too. And just having the paths so that you can get to everything, I'm sure. And like you said, the aisles, if you had yeah, longer ones. Yeah, I had the cross aisle in the middle. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Anyway, yeah. Three five six nine three nine seven is our phone number, or you can text three five one five three five seven. That's a two one seven area code for plant experts live at Prairie Gardens. It's time to scout, 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 scout. Oh, yes. I did see uh, a few, a few <laughs> leaves from my linden tree, saying, uh, uh, "Oh, hello! It's the Japanese beetle sign." Uh, yeah. Yep, it's that time of year. Overall, they just look like how are you feeling? Are they? Are you thinking they're below average in terms of damage so far? Or at my house, they are. At, at mine, they are too. And I haven't had as many people. I feel like ask about them or or how can I control them this year as maybe last year. It seems real spotty about damage, though. I've had a couple mm-hmm. people tell me they just they just riddled my tree or they just destroyed my whatever, but not many. Wow. So there's pockets of high-density 
populations, but I think overall they're kind of low this year. Yeah. I've had uh, one plant I was surprised uh, that they were picking on was uh, the Kufia vermilionaire. Really? Mm. Yeah. And and it's spotty. There's there's one in the ground in a in a bed, and they're they're hitting it big time. Huh. And there's one in a pot, within 20 feet that it's like they don't not, even see it. A, yeah. So huh. it's so it's a very much hit or miss. I've got a sassafras tree that they usually like to pick on, and so far that I don't think they're hitting it at all. So. And, and how is your sassafras tree doing? Well, uh, it's getting it's doing about as well as the attention it gets. Oh, gotcha. It's, uh, <laughs> It's it's living and surviving, but it's not thriving. They they can be kind of iffy around here. They're a little bit more difficult to transplant. If it was a more heavily wooded environment, a little bit more protected, it would be doing better. But it gets it gets a little maintenance. So. Oh well. Yeah. So I've had some uh, questions about basil this year, having spots brown spots hmm. and it seems that uh and, and according to in my neighborhood and maybe it's just confined to that until i started as some people had started asking here uh, what's up because they have grown basil for years and never had any problems and you know they've replaced it a couple times and it's, things have done the same thing so I don't know if you guys had heard anything about that or had any questions about it. Well, I haven't had too many questions about basil, but I, I planted six or eight of the dwarf basils across a flower bed. And, okay, so I know there's a lot of bunny traffic in that particular bed, but um, it just sat there and did nothing. Absolutely did not grow at all. Hmm. So. Well, I think if you if you think about what would be ideal growing conditions for basil, it hasn't been. Yeah, that way this summer, um, where it would be not on the dry side, but it would be not getting constantly wet. Wet, and the temperatures would probably be a little bit more consistent, a little bit more on the warm side, and not this up and down okay. craziness yeah. that we've had. So I think, I'm, I'm in some ways, I'm surprised that the tomatoes are doing as well as they are, just because it's not been consistent. I was going to ask you about your tomatoes. Huh. I've, I've had iffy. Uh, feedback about tomato production too yeah me too uh the only thing we're getting to eat so far are fourth of july's and and any the cherry types the tomato, oh, but yeah. uh, in terms of producing fruit they seem to be doing well it's just that it's green still yeah and, you know, so, no celebrations yet yeah i would have to agree that i think it's somewhat environmental really it, and then environmental conditions can lead to fungus or bacterial problems obviously that's when you have the right conditions and yeah. it can happen but sure. yeah i think if if i had a basil that was looking poorly i would and i had some spotted leaves i would physically remove the leaves and dispose of them as much as i can in case yeah. there is a fungus problem or a yes. bacterial problem but it's probably be more fungus and to keep it from splashing around on the plant um I, again when i water i try and keep the water at the base of the plant and i would be Letting it dry out just a little bit more in between waterings, too, yes. if at all possible. Yeah. Well, every year is different. Yeah, and I think it's a, a well-drained bed or or area that it's planted in versus a heavy soil, then it would fare much better, too. Okay. Yeah, that that does make a big difference. Oh, sure it does. The, uh, the tilth of the soil or how well it drains. 
So yeah, um, actually, yeah, I understand that because um, I had some vinca in a pot, and because of all this rain, it hasn't had the opportunity to really dry out. And yeah. Yes, the vinca was like the green stems were turning yellow, and the leaves were turning yellow. Yeah. And so I ended up repotting it yeah. <laughs> in dry soil, wringing out the soil. <laughs> well, no, I just I just gave it fresh soil, but and then I just kept it on the patio. Uh, I, I'm bringing it in while, in uh, uh, when it's raining, so, <laughs> and it looks a lot happier because <laughs> well, they don't. Vinca doesn't like having wet free, feet, right? It, it doesn't. It likes to be on the dry side, and it likes heat. Uh, it oh, thrives right. in heat. So if you know, if we get back up in the mid to upper 80s later this week, that's going to be a fantastic in its opinion. Yeah, it's going to be yep. great. Good. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. Excellent. Three five six nine three nine seven is our phone number. Text three five one five three five seven. This is Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens. Marianne, yes, you started to bring up scouting. Yes, and we chatted about Japanese beetles. What else are we should or should we be scouting for? I I had a customer bring in a leaf yesterday that was real yellow and uh, little spots all over it. I turned the leaf over and there's all sorts of little critters on the back. So. Oh. Um, and it was a fruit tree. We do have a fruit tree spay that's that's applicable for that kind of thing. But, you know, when you get um, bug damage, insect damage, it, when you damage the tissue of a, of a plant, it, it is an opening for fungal issues to start going. So, you know, you need to keep your eye on those kinds of things really well. Um, I was out working in my yard, um, I believe it was Tuesday. Um, I had a group of people over Thursday. And on Tuesday, I didn't, I, you know bugs were not an issue. I was looking around, seeing if there's Japanese beetles. That's particularly what I was looking for. But I have this particular um, dogwood uh, tree, actually, and it's it looks like a bush, but it's tall. Um, and, and I love it. It's been in my yard for 15 years, but uh, it looked great on Tuesday. And then Thursday, when I had a group of people over, they said, what are all those little worms crawling in that tree? So it's like, it happens overnight. <laughs> wow. So, you know, get the bug spray out, which I'm not crazy about using because they have a lot of birds in the back, but, uh, backyard. But, yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Okay. Yeah. So, and it happens quickly. So, so it could be it random things that are here and there, yeah. particularly worms, like you say, which can seem like they would pop up overnight. Yeah. And cause significant damage. They could. Uh, Japanese Absolutely. beetles, bagworms. Yep. Hagworms uh, is that a, time a biggie right now? Yeah, yep. horn, uh, hornworms is that what you call yeah, them? Yeah, the those on those are yeah more restricted to that. But there's there's army worms. There's all kinds of worms that would be yeah showing up. Mimosa webworms. There's going to be all kinds of things here yeah. over the next uh, few weeks and the next couple months here that are going to be some problems. Okay. Um, and and the disease component that they talked about. Uh, and again, sanitation. If you see some problems, Huge. removing the leaves early on, trying to keep yes. uh, it from spreading and becoming an issue where you do need to spray at that point. That's one of the first things I, I mentioned to this uh, particular customer. I said, do clean up, pull off as many as much as that as you can from your, your tree and clean up often. And certainly in the fall when you don't want it carrying it through the winter on those leaves, the debris in the on the lawn. But yeah, sanitation is real important. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we have Sherry calling in. She has some melon vines. I guess she has some questions about. Hey, good morning, Sherry. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I planted my uh, variety of cantaloupe in my whiskey barrel this year to, to try to keep it keep the rabbits 
from it. Mm. And um, I have two vines going, and I have lots of yellow blooms, but it's not setting any fruit. And I'm wondering what's going on. Is this a pollination problem or or what? <laughs> yes. Um, and it's, it, <laughs> I was afraid it, it, you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and sometimes it happens, um, you know, whether... And you have plenty, it's out, I assume it's in a good sunny spot, it sounds like. So do you have yeah. decent air circulation? And have you noticed many bees or insects around that are helping you out? Or has it been not, not really. much um, I I just was wondering, is there, if it is that, is there anything I can do in terms of next year maybe planting more flowers around it or something? Um, oh, I, I just, you know, it's. When I saw all the blues, I thought, oh, man, we're going to have a lot of melon, and I'm getting nothing. And, and you just so. literally are seeing no little guys at all, no little melons. No. No. Is there any way to do a Q-tip and pollinate it herself? No. Mary, Mary Ann's well, shaking her head. Absolutely. You know, yeah. guys are making so, Sherry, a funny get out there with, at me. Pick one of your flowers that has pollen on it and spread it to your other flowers. That, that's, you know. Uh, you, you got to be the pollinator sometimes. Sometimes you're the bug. Sometimes okay. you're the windshield. You know, but just get yeah. the. Yeah, you got it. That's a great way to look at life. <laughs> but you know what you just said, Sherry, was is great about attracting other pollinators. You know, planting flowers around it that that attract other pollinators. I think is a great idea. But yeah. I I just want to congratulate you. I hope you, it sounds like the bunnies aren't munching on your plants. So that's that's a biggie this year particularly. Well, that's the only one they haven't gotten. I mean, oh. I, my, I have a horrible time getting my bean plants up. I finally got oh. one of one of the pole beans uh, tall enough that hopefully they, and my husband put some chicken wire around it. Sure. But, oh, you know, okay. chicken wire is not that attractive, but I'll tell you, we lost yeah. our outdoor cat this year. And it's made a big difference in oh, yeah. the bunny yes, population. It does. Well, this is the year of the and bunny, that's for sure. So, that's Sherry, yeah. how's the uh, back to the the melon? Is it has it been difficult to keep it somewhat contained in the whiskey barrel? Is it just going all over the place? And well, the vines are, have spread out into the you know I've got some uh, other flowers in that bed. I, I've got some um, um, what is that little yellow flower that mounds um can't think of the name of it but it's it's growing all over the place and that's why i thought you know it, it was really doing well and it established itself and then i saw all these blooms now i want to ask you marianne your question you're saying to take a flower that's got some pollen on it and maybe try to dust the blooms with it is that oh, what you're gosh, saying yeah. you should try absolutely to do? Okay. Absolutely. So I remember okay. a couple of years ago, there was a, a, a several people had problems with cucumbers. They they weren't setting fruit, and, and you know it's, it was the same thing. They just simply didn't have pollinators in their yard, for whatever reason. But okay. uh, yeah, and you know what? That's when when people hybridize like hosta or daylilies. That's exactly what they do. They take pollen from okay. one flower and, and distribute it to other flowers. So. I wouldn't hesitate to And do if that. you've got some length on the vine, I would assume you wouldn't even have to remove the flower. You Maybe just, not. You could just probably gently lift one vine over closer to the other. And, exactly. And, and do a little tap. Okay. And, Absolutely. Tap and then, it. Okay, and, well, I'll and try maybe that. You'll get lucky with both flowers versus having removed one that... Uh, yep. Sometimes I, I you just, can use like okay. a, a small bristle brush. Yeah, like a little a painter, paintbrush. A little or, painter yeah, brush. Absolutely. Oh. Or, or Q-tip, like you mentioned. 
okay. uh, anything that's going to okay. transmit or be, you know, pick up the pollen and, and so you can carry it to another flower. Okay. okay. Absolutely, I will. All righty, I'll try that. Thank Good you luck. so much. Let us know. Bye-bye. Because yeah, you want to make sure it's happening now because oh, yeah. you don't want the season to end. Because yeah. if, she, if she were to get pollination now, yeah. conceivably she could still get harvest yeah, exactly. before it gets too cold. Yeah, and, and you know what that happens. I, I I do remember it was a couple of years ago, two or three years, that there were several people that weren't having um, set fruit set on their cucumbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I huh. I think somebody asked the same question: Do you see any bees or anything else flying around? But sometimes you don't. Yep. Yeah, and is this a sign of how? Because we need the pollinators, and they're kind of decreasing in numbers. Is this one of the signs? I don't know. Or, okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it could I, be. That's fair. It could be random, yeah, that random, you know. It could yeah. be sometimes Sometimes things just don't go perfectly, you know. Mm-hmm. That's that's the nature of, of nature. <laughs> so you know, like, you know, I was concerned early true. on about the cucumbers. A couple of different varieties where the foliage was so thick, and there were just no flowers visible from above. I mean, they were all underneath the, the leaves. The oh. leaves were so thick. I thought, well, you know, there's no air circulation. Yeah. Uh, are the mm. bees going to even find it? Yeah. There's going to be pollen. But, you know, it's worked out fine. But it, it it seemed like early on I wasn't getting any pollination whatsoever. But now it's it's all working. <laughs> it's funny how that works. And, you know, sometimes uh, plants will go into production of foliage. And they just don't have the energy to put out flowers. But uh, she, n- not the case in Sherry's um, melons, but because she, she said she had a lot of flowers. But and then other times, you know, the foliage would be ho hum and just get a, a mountain of flowers. And there's and that balance in it. between. Hmm. Okay. So there's a lot of different reasons that you could not have fruit. But. We have a pool going at work about the vine that there that has started. You know, some are saying watermelon. Some are saying squash some are saying cucumber oh the random I'm going seeds with that got pumpkin planted? yes gotcha. the handful of seeds that were thrown into a bed and gotcha. and yeah we have a big a big vine growing and 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 i saw that a few of uh the females are are pregnant i don't know are bearing and they are growing fruit i guess so interesting way to observe it yes well yeah yeah you know so uh, so yeah it, i can't wait to see what it actually is. Who's going to be right? We're How much money's it. riding on this? I'm going with pumpkin. I don't Do you know. Have but to trip on it when you walk into the station, or not yet. It's actually it's growing in a way that it's fairly easy to bypass. So hopefully you don't have to climb over it yet. Continue that right. yet? Yeah, that's okay. the key. <laughs> All right. Well, getting back to um, back to the pests. Have you guys heard anything about white flies? Because I was thinking, oh, you know, it's probably time to start doing a systemic or something because they were just riddling my flowers last year. White flyer, uh, I usually think of them as being an August bug. Okay. Uh, not necessarily. I mean, they'll certainly be present all the time. Right. And, yeah, they're they're horrible. I remember, I don't remember what plant it was, but I, I reached into it, and the white fly, it was like a cloud of dust coming yes! out of them. You can heart, you can breathe without inhaling. It, yes, but and it's like ew. <laughs> I was glad I was, I was outdoors, so I could just back up a few steps. <laughs> I, I haven't noticed any of you guys. An extreme amount. Uh, I think that it goes along with when it's really hot with those guys. They love it. 
Okay. Yeah. So I think Good. It, 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 it's yet to come. Yeah. Like Marianne said, I think it's more <laughs> of an August, September thing is when you really start to, the population seem to have gone. And I do recall, maybe it wasn't last year or the year before, I started using a systemic on my house plants in the summer, midsummer, and I never had them. Okay. Because the systemic we use for house plants or that we sell for house plants mm -hmm. uh, protects for uh, 90 days, isn't it? Uh, eight weeks. Uh, it, so not, not 90 days, eight weeks. So anyway, um, I was ready for, to take them in, and I, but then it was about time to apply it again, so I didn't have them inside during the winter. So it worked out well. Just got to remember great. to do it, and that's a biggie. Right. Remembering, yeah. That's okay. a good practice, yeah. 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 Cool. I think the, the most horrible pest right now is the mosquito. Yes. Really? Oh, yes. You have mosquitoes, Steve? I think so. Oh. You think so. Oh, that's right. You've been home. He's been out shopping. I haven't had any mosquitoes. Really? Well, yeah. I'm coming over to your house to sit out. Okay, no, please kidding. do. I'd love that. <laughs> yeah, I, I can tell you that we had one in the studio the other day that was biting me. I had one in my car the other day that was biting me. And then I went out in my yard. Of course, it was dusk and it had been raining, so it was nice and wet. And I, they all kept biting me. And, mean, and yours, John? Yeah, continual. About, yeah. You need to have toads in your yard. <gasps> Neat. Toads and flying toads and bats. Oh bats. no! You need toads, not bats. <laughs> Why? I'm I'm uh, I'm just. What do I want to say here? Um, bats aren't my favorite thing. Oh, okay. Bats, toads, and marlins. I have yeah. marlins, but I yeah. I can't do bats. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, Lots of people have the big. Uh, houses out in my neighborhood too the bat houses that's cool Bats houses and bird houses yeah that's great yeah i i only learned about bat houses like this past summer a few neat yeah and and they're smart they're and they're not they're not large they don't really take up a lot of space or anything so. correct uh along with the pests the owls that you guys sell is that really, do, do they work as any kind of a decoy or to scare any kind of uh, predator, or not predator, any kind of animal away? The fake owls? It's for birds. It's for birds. But you have to. And bunnies. Yeah. You have to uh, move them into different positions periodically. But it does work. Yeah. Wow. They, they've been on the market for probably 30 years. Yeah. And they first came out they were just stationary and then they came out one that was inflatable that would move a little bit in the wind and then they came out with one with a bobble head uh so it looked like it would be rotating its head so they've been they've been out there for again several decades at this point in time yeah and and they're not like a crazy seller but they sell so i think there's got to be enough word of mouth where people are happy with it okay yeah because, yeah, that's one of those things that you always see. It's lasted a lot longer really than the inflatable snake did that was on the market for a brief period of time. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me think of uh, used car, car dealership, those kind of waggy snakes. Hmm. Okay. What? Okay. I'm what? still thinking about sometimes you're the bug, sometimes you're the windshield. I like I'm still that. trying to think of that one. Isn't that in a song, I think? I don't know. It, let's let's, sure let's, it let's write a song. So, 
<laughs> that, I think my biggest question has still been about rabbits. Oh, my gosh, really? yes. Yeah. I just, people, I, I, someone mentioned it yesterday, and I said I hardly go an hour without somebody asking me about how to get rid of rabbits. Well, you, so you've got three methods, right? One's the Ed Kelly method. One would be fencing them off, which is the most sure way to do it. The other thing would be to use repellents, repellents of some sort. Yeah. And on fruit crops, vegetable crops, repellents are few and far between. But, Your options are right. really, really yeah. limited. Yeah, but, Yeah. If, if it's edibles that you're trying to protect, a, a fence is the only way to go okay so they don't dig under it and oh yeah you have to bury the fence and make it tall enough so they can't jump over it oh okay (laughs) okay no it's uh but usually usually if you can keep them from just proceeding ahead it's not like a jailbreak you know in most cases where they're going to by golly, we're going to get this figured out, and we're going to make our way in there. Mm-hmm. Just aggravate yeah, them enough that they'll go somewhere move else. Move along to something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of people right. who have uh, growing sweet corn are going to start to have a problem now with raccoons and other mm-hmm. critters oh. uh, getting in there. So there's all kinds of, it's us versus them with Mother <laughs> yeah. Nature out there right now. Oh, and we still have to, uh, you know, voles can still be a problem any time of year, especially uh, interesting you say that. I haven't had many questions about voles this year. I wonder if their populations are going down. I hope so. I hope so, too. They're so destructive. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They are indeed. So you have lots of color back there. Uh, yes, we do. Hanging baskets galore with every color you would want. Aren't they I just think. gorgeous? And, and combo pots? Yes. Gorgeous combo pots. And, yes. And more fresh baskets coming in this week again. Yep. Uh, that you guys placed an order with. and. It'll be here early sometime this week, and then more foliage hanging baskets, houseplant hanging baskets, uh, arriving early this week. And nice, lots of stuff going on. Marianne still ordering perennials right and left, and keeping the fresh color going. But yeah. but the, the the important thing is hydrangeas are just blooming, just showing off right now. Mm-hmm. We've got hydrangeas twenty five percent off, and still a great selection. Wow, and, and trees. I I I think a couple of them went out of here yesterday, that are just in full bloom right now mm. um, um limelight i believe they're just gorgeous they're beautiful 25 percent off budlia 25 percent off perennial hibiscus aren't those they're just starting to oh. pop with some color 25 oh my off. gosh i just love that blossom. starting to show color so oh. huge 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 flowers on the perennial hibiscus and a huge selection nice. so you know it's it's a great time to be planting stuff you just have to keep up with the water despite all the rain that we've been getting. I only had an inch. Keep an eye on it, In this last event, I only had an inch. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Which is great. I mean, not only an inch. Yeah, an inch. That was great. Yeah, an inch from Mother Nature is a lot better than you trying to put it out there yourself. Oh, my gosh. That's five-gallon buckets over and over, you know? You can just see the difference in the plants, how how they respond to it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can. All right. So aside from the 25% off of uh, the perenni- perennials or no. just the hibiscus or the uh, perennial hibiscus, hibiscus, which are just gorgeous right now. Some, well, every time I see one go by, I have to stop and look, stop the customer and look at it. That's gorgeous. Oh, the foliage just, is just outstanding. Oh, and now the flowers are just starting to come to on, pop so. open. Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. beautiful. The um, hydrangeas, 25% off and buddleia. We still have some really nice buddleia. Nice selection. Well, John's got not all, but the majority of the annuals are marked down. Yes. So there's lots of good color on sale. Some good to fill in stuff. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. I, I was looking for some bright yellow, and you've got some zinnias out there that are just hello screaming at you, aren't they? They are, yeah. yeah. Well, there's the music. Whoa. I know. Thanks, Have guys. Fun. You've been listening to Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens with plant experts Marianne Metz, John Weisgarver, and Steve Brown. I'm Tamara McDaniel. Our producer is Dave Leak. We have Saturday Sports Talk up next here on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. And remember, if you want to become an Ivy Long member here at Prairie Gardens, uh, you get an extra 10% off on Tuesdays. And it's uh, no cost to you to become one. Find Prairie Gardens at prairiegardens.com. That about does it for all of us. I hope everyone has a wonderful weekend.